Running a pet business is no walk in the park. I've been there, done that, and sure have the campfire stories to prove it. That's why Pet Boss Nation created Camp Pet Boss, where you can relax at a beautiful lake, refuel your leadership confidence with our in-person activities, and reignite your passion for the pet business of your dreams with your pet industry peers and trusted experts. Camp Pet Boss is a one-of-a-kind business retreat that mixes conference learning sessions and camp-like activities for pet professionals and their dogs. When was the last time that you got away from your business, unplugged from the chaos, and reconnected with your inner entrepreneurial spirit? And I hope that you heard me, that your furry best friend could be there too. Get ready for the most amazing and unique in-person adventure for pet business owners and their dogs, happening this summer in Lake Delton, Wisconsin, August 27th through the 30th of 2024. Tickets will sell out, and one building is already booked solid, So I want you to hit pause on this podcast and visit camppetboss.com right now to make sure that you have a room reserved. Your ticket price includes all food, lodging, and seminars. Need another reason to secure your ticket early? How about a massive discount of savings of $850 off your ticket? That's right. Early bird pricing is happening right now, but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pet boss stories around the campfire. You're in for a real treat today. Pet Boss Mastermind member Kevin Neglia of Barkfield Road in East North Point, New York, is with me today. Kevin is an entrepreneur who runs multiple businesses with his wife, Gabriella, and they've recently found themselves in the pet industry as their passion for their own pet collided with opportunity when the pet boutique that they shopped at was up for sale. Kevin shares a lot of wisdom today about funding tips, VIP events, increasing revenue, and a lot more. And the intention was for it to be a discussion about customer lead nurturing, which we did cover, but the result is really a mini masterclass on the narratives that we tell ourselves as business owners and what we really should be focusing on. This may be my favorite episode yet. Welcome to the Boss Your Business podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candice Daniolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses, and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you, mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, let's get started. Well, a big, big welcome to our guest, Kevin Neglia of Barkfield Road. So great to have you here on the podcast. Thanks. I'm excited to do it. appreciate you having me on. I remember getting to meet you and Gabriella, your wife, on a Zoom room during one of our big coaching weeks. And I was excited to meet you because 
I don't want to say you're like the youth in the pet industry, right? You're, you're coming into the pet industry as young entrepreneurs, because a lot of us have been doing this for decades and decades and decades. So I was really excited to see some young entrepreneurs in there. And not only that, but I just think you're just already so smart and brilliant when it comes to business that um, it was just been such a pleasure to see your excitement for the industry and the knowledge you're bringing from your other careers into this. It's really been fun to watch and witness your, your growth. Thank you. Yeah, the sentiment is definitely shared in regards like people have come up to us and they're like blown away just that we're younger people in the industry. And I guess because, yeah, traditionally it was not that. Mm -hmm. uh, It's kind of funny that you say that because that's we got that a lot at the first couple of shows. They were like shocked. Like, what are you doing here? Like, who, who are you guys? Right, right. Like, wait a second. It's not your parents' business that you're running? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's just because traditionally, either one, people got in on this into the pet industry and especially specifically retail before it was popular. And then, and obviously the trends continued and now there are a lot of businesses. Some people also though, ended up getting into it later in life because they had other careers and they really wanted to feel more fulfilled in what they do. And they have made the career change later in life as well. So yeah, it's exciting though, but we need to always be having fresh young blood coming into the industry to keep the industry going. So we're excited to have you here. Yeah. So we actually acquired the store that we now run. The The store was there for 11 years. It was run by an older woman who did a really great job creating a nice energy in the store and a very in, like independent and personalized feel. And one of the biggest things that I saw, uh, because to give my wife and I's background, she co-owned a salon with her sisters and I owned a gym. We loved this store. We were customers of the store. Basically, she put up a sign one day just like for sale by owner. And like we happened to stop by and we were frequent enough. But funny enough, I knew how good of customers we were because I knew how much we loved our dogs. And I was like, now I look back, I'm like, wow, if she was able to retarget me and get me back in her store, she would have doubled her business. Because we would float, you know, we would come to the store, get a bunch of stuff. And then, you know, we had like another place for specific food. And of course, you know, jumping ahead, I'll, I'll get back to the story. But now, you know, of course, we have a POS and an email list and, you know, communication channels. But I just saw this opportunity in her business to bring fresh, you know, tech and passion and a little bit more of a team because she was doing everything herself. So yeah, we kind of stumbled upon getting into the industry just because we have dogs, love our dogs. I happen to really enjoy business and my wife walked into the store and then, you know, we're, it's not like we're loaded. We, we figured out a way to buy the store. It was not like we had cash on hand to just buy the store. Like we, we got very creative in order to be able to purchase the store. And that was May of 22. And now it is November of 23 and it's been a blast. Wow. That's fantastic. You've just shared a few more things about your journey that I was unaware of. And I might just have us go directly there right now before we get into the topic today of customer nurturing, which you're going to talk more about how that tech has supported you. Just because you hit it on the head there, I want to talk about the creative ways that you funded. Is there anything you're willing to share with our audience? Because I know so many people that listen are ready to like push forward in their pet business dreams, but finances are a huge hurdle. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I love this topic because there's someone who I think a lot of entrepreneurs probably are already familiar with or will become familiar with this guy, Alex Hormozzi. And one of the things that he gives a perfect example of, he's like, 
you have a $200,000 Hummer and you go around random street, you pick any street and you're like, I'll give you this Hummer for $10,000 if you want it. The person understands that it's worth more than $10,000 and they're going to do whatever it takes to get the $10,000, right? Because they already know that the the value is like upside down. Like they they know it's worth much more. And so when you see an opportunity and you want to bet on yourself or you see an opportunity that's kind of a no-brainer, don't approach it as this is, and you probably even can talk about this when you look at like mentorship is like, okay, mentorship costs this. Yeah, but how can I, how can I not afford to do this? So now you flipped it and you're like, how can I, how can I afford to not jump into this mentorship? Or how can I afford to let this business go by and me not purchase it? Like, this is such a great opportunity. And so we explored every avenue of financing. So first was some of our own money. So we had some money. You know, I had also been lucky enough to be investing for a couple of years, at least, and very simple stuff like ETFs, no stocks. I've never hit it big. I don't have, I don't know. I don't know anything about that world. It's all just like S&P 500 and, and dividend yielding uh, ETFs. So very low, well, we won't call them low returns, but less volatile returns. Um, and we took, we borrowed against that a little bit. So there was the personal cash. There was a borrowing against the assets we had. I also was able to take a little bit of a loan from actually the connections I have at the gym. I reached out to a bunch of different people and I was like, Hey, I need, you know, X amount. What are you, you know, would you be opposed to lending me some amount of money and I'll pay you back with interest? Like friends, Um, family, and acquaintances that exactly private lending. And, you know, like people, I think if you don't have an immediate connection, you probably have one or two degrees separation from someone who might consider it provided you have an actual plan and there is an actual way to make money. So, you know, that's a higher interest rate with those people, but I was aggressive about paying them off. And then when you purchase a business and switch to something, an existing business, um, a company like Square, which is what we use for our POS, if you have proof of business and proof of prior, you know, merchant statements, they'll give you a loan too. It's just that it will be a little bit more aggressive from them and maybe it won't be like as much as you need but if you're looking to just acquire the business and get in the door i mean that was another chunk of money that we borrowed mm-hmm. so, that's great that's yeah, great we, I, love, I love the things you've touched on there i know that people will be thinking about what opportunities in their own life that they can tap into thank you for sharing that with us i also love that you said that you saw a sign on her door her store or her storefront that the business was for sale i i just want to encourage any of our listeners who are ready to exit their businesses to not be afraid to do that because the perfect customer who might want to buy your business could be shopping with you right now and i think people are so afraid to do that because they're like my customers will think that i you know business is hurting and it's like well no they just know that you're ready for the next opportunity you're ready to move on to the next thing and you want to make sure that you're passing the business on to somebody who really does want it and will enjoy it and help make it thrive. So that's, that was great. Yeah. If you just communicate with people, like how you frame it is everything. I saw on Instagram yesterday, a company that was going out of business and I don't know them. I don't know their business. I don't know them personally. I won't name them, but like the narrative that they constructed was that external factors have caused it to be, it's just not possible. They say for them to continue operating. And I just think to myself, like, that's one narrative you can spin or 
why is it that all the other and let's just say that they're like all bakeries or something or all gyms is like well how are other gyms doing it you know is it truly that this was completely unavoidable and there was no possible option like i won't i won't take that perspective because it removes the control from myself or from someone owning their own business and it's it's if you can adopt that perspective of like regardless of the conditions you know, we can, we can thrive if we adapt and we can thrive if we get the right help. And yeah, like if you communicate that as an owner, as like, instead of we just can, you know, I have to sell because of this, that, and the other thing versus I'm looking for new energy with a, with a purpose and passion driven entrepreneur to take my store to the next level. I'm ready to move on into this phase of my life. And I want to make sure that my core values and my customers are well taken care of. So I think that I want to find someone right for that job. Like they would obviously take that much better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. And so then that's how you fell into this business. And then you realized, and actually when we met a little over a year ago, I guess it was now you and Gabriella took such care in wanting to ensure that your customers transitioned with you as new owners um, in a positive way. And you were really, really respectful, I think, of what the previous owner had already built. And I thought that, that I admired that in both of you. And and since then, you have implemented some changes. I would love, and you're going to talk about some of them um, in just a second, but why don't you share some of the big wins? Like how much have you grown your business this last year with Pep Boss Nation even by your side helping you? Yeah, well, the so I like literally signed up for mentorship like on day one. Like I was like, I have to find... I have to find some help in this industry. And, you know, I was not naive enough to think that just because I've been in business that I know how to to run a retail store or a pet retail store or anything like that. So I found you guys right away and I literally jumped into like the free week and I already knew I was like, I'm signing up regardless. So I jumped in and that was very helpful because it was helping me organize a lot of my planning and a lot of the different types of events that I could do. And, you know, collecting email lists and what should I be emailing people about? How should I be educating them? How should I, what are some retail tips and tricks? And I'll give you a, a hundred percent uh, credit on the, the fifth Saturday sale. I had never heard of anything like it. And we ran our first one in like the first couple of months I started with you guys. And we, we actually did more net. We actually did more net sales then the previous owner had done gross on Christmas Eve, oh, the God. busiest day of ever, you know, uh, your Saturday sale was not in December. It was a different day. It was like, it was like October or like yeah, something yeah. like that. Maybe, maybe it was even earlier. I can't yeah, remember. That's great. But, and then since then people have really, you know, gathered around this and we continue to find ways to make it even more valuable than just a flat percentage off. Um, and they've continued to outperform themselves. So return on investment was pretty good because, um, you know, that alone paid for paid for pet balls. And then to go back to you said, uh, like some of the things specifically that have helped, we, you know, we started to integrate our calendar and like we started to integrate our sort of 90 day projects. And and the first thing we did was introduce a POS that has good capabilities for uh, tracking data and yeah. customer behavior and email and phone number. And it's critical. It's shocking to me how many businesses don't have a good software system to support them. I think there's no amount of money I wouldn't pay, of course, up to a yeah. certain point, like for a good system like that, because yeah. they're not like they are not, obviously they they're priced probably correctly in the market, 
but like they're obviously worth way more yeah. to you. Like if you know how to use them, they're worth way more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's critical. Okay. So you've been, you've grown the business. How much have you grown the percent, the business oh. percentage wise or since, since right. you bought it? Right. So I have to actually crunch the numbers of like 21 yeah. versus 22. Cause we took over mid 22, but like we grew pretty significantly 22 over 21. I'm going to say anywhere in like the 10 to 25% range is like a rough guesstimate. I know the total, I know like the annual numbers. So in my, if I paused in my brain, I could figure it out, but okay. <laughs> we, uh, we did like, I want to say 30% at least. Oh, you're wow. Wow. And then we did another 35% this year and we're not done. So, oh, wow. That's, that's huge growth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We've been really aggressive. Um, yeah. So- I mean, so just to, to go back, so the, the previous owner wasn't utilizing data, wasn't necessarily, well, we, she might've been in other ways we don't, we're unaware, but yeah. wasn't tapping into some of the marketing data and, and collection of information and really leading customers down a marketing funnel. And you have really tapped into that and seen like this insane growth. So for people who might be feeling like uh, they can't grow their business or they're stuck in the mindset of this isn't going to work or I don't have the customers to support this. It's like, there's actually, there needs to be more maybe training in your skill set, more planning ahead, a little bit of strategy and then executing. Right. And we're going to cover a lot of that, but I, before we do, I want you to share, you just had a VIP night last night. Yeah. Our, yeah? our first VIP night put together fairly last minute. So my wife was uh, running around like a lunatic, but she crushed it. She, she puts all the cute touches that you just go, oh my gosh, wow, look at this. Wow, look at this, you know? And that's what makes it special. Uh, we did our first VIP night and we filtered customers, again, data. This is very important. We didn't just select people completely randomly. We factored, basically we have like an algorithm of like, okay, we're gonna weigh visits. We're gonna weigh total spend and we're gonna weigh lo- like how long they've shopped with us. So we just looked at all of these and we knew that, of course, if you invite 30 to 50 people, how many really going to show? Yeah. Uh, so we- Which was one of the things in my, when we had our one-on-one during your mastermind time, I was like, well, always invite more because I feel like mm-hmm. you know, a small percentage of people actually show up. So I'm curious, how many people did you end up inviting, inviting and how many people showed up? Yeah. So our manager sent the email. I forget exactly how many. I want to say it was in between 20 and 40. And I think we ended up having like maybe eight or nine like families show uh-huh. up. And we have a, keep in mind, we're a 900 square foot store. Yeah, so 900 like, square foot store, right? You don't have a lot of room for a 50 person party. No, no <laughs> we're, we're a tiny store. And yeah. I, I think, uh, I think we use it really well, but, and again, you don't have right. to have a huge, massive store to do well. No. Um, so I think we had like nine, nine people total or like, you know, in total people, maybe it was like 12. And they brought their dogs, which was nice. Uh, so we just said like, hey, if your dog is friendly, non-reactive and blah, 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 like feel free to bring them, you know, and it went really well. So so just to give you an idea, the purpose of the VIP night was not to encourage high spend. It actually was not a money making event. Now we did have uh, we did end up bringing in quite a bit of revenue because we did incentivize them uh, to shop. But it was really about appreciation and experience. So experience is one of our core values and that like we always go back to our core values which if you haven't done as a business you have to start there usually if you're a solopreneur or like a small business they're just your personal values like if you get to what you believe that's probably your business's core values because until you're a team of 10 or more like 
It's it's just you. It's just what you mm-hmm. believe the business should do. So we created this experience where in the we my wife did a beautiful balloon arch over the door. We rolled out the red carpet. We got all the dogs coming in on video on the red carpet. I love it. We did a hot chocolate bar. We did a, a charcuterie board. And none of this was like large. It was like yeah. one small charcuterie board. And we did a barcuterie board. So we did one for the dogs, one for the people. And uh, like I said, the hot chocolate bar. And then in the front, we had personalized gift bags for them. So we looked at their history. We we looked at what we knew their dog loved. And we put a little bit of money into gifting them a bag personalized to their dog. So it was overall just a ton of fun. The dogs were super happy. The people, of course, were super happy. Oh, yeah. That sounds like an amazing event. They probably loved it. Your customers loved it. I mean, talk about depositing into the emotional bank account with your customers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was that. It was a lot of like positive emotion and heartwarming gratitude. And uh, it was a ton of fun. We got to all just socialize and, you know, play with the dogs and other dogs got to, you know, meet each other and get all right. excited. It was. Yeah. And customers got to know each other a little bit better and know you as the owners. That's why we love to recommend pet businesses do these VIP nights. It's really an opportunity and a more intimate setting that can feel really special, like the, like adding the touches that you've suggested there, but it allows your customers to even get to know you and your team on a deeper level as well, because they don't feel rushed that you're helping a lot of other customers or that you have to check an inventory still, right? You're really being present to be there with them. So um, that's why I love these events. Right. And we, we so two a couple of things that we learned. Number one, this is just the basic, but like if you're there and you're an owner or you're there with your team, like ask them questions about themselves and their dogs, like learn more about them. Don't like, they'll get to know you regardless. Cause they're going to reciprocate and ask you what you're interested in and what you do. And, but be prepared to like go in and be like, yeah, so, you know, we only have two minutes to chat at the register. I'd love to learn more about you and, and what you guys, like we learned one of our uh, customers, they have a lab and they have no experience in this, but they've been doing like uh search. So they've been doing like uh their dog is a, a black lab and basically they do these like nose work classes almost. Yeah, exactly. And, mm-hmm. and they do, um, I'm trying to think of the word they use, but basically like the, the dog is bred for this and they hadn't, they had no experience with it, but because the breeder was like, you should really be doing this because it's great for them and they love it. And they've gotten into this whole new hobby. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Took their life in a whole new direction. (laughs) Exactly. And so they love it. And I, I got to learn more about that field and that, you know, it was just a ton of fun. So you get to know them. The second thing I learned is definitely have some staff on hand because if your team is not available to like, if people do want to shop, like to ring them up, like you don't want to be like leaving the conversation. Like you need enough people floating and it's worth putting the staff on. Yeah. We had our manager there and it was, and so it's my wife, myself and the manager shout out our manager, Katie. She's amazing. We basically just floated and, and we exchanged roles as we needed to. I love that. I actually just touched on that on a previous podcast that just aired about how one of our holiday kickoff nights, I wanted to do personalized ornaments for people that showed up as a free gift and then realized that that I was the only one on staff that night that had nice handwriting to write on the ornaments, which I was fine to do. But then I realized I was stuck in line with a line full of people waiting for their ornaments and I couldn't talk to the 
people that I wanted to talk to as the owner of the business and really connect with them. And I was like, ah, oh, missed, missed opportunity. So that's why we talked about it as one of the things. And even I probably shared that with you too, to make sure you do have enough staff because yeah. um, it's easy for us as owners to put ourselves in those task roles. But we have to remember that we're the visionary, we're the connector, we're the best salesperson. We really need to be available to our customers. What's funny is you did tell me that. And I remember uh, last night I thought of this because we made hot chocolate. We we made it actually in like a crock pot. So we had this big crock pot. We poured, uh, we did milk. Uh, we did the like, I forget the name of the brand, but it comes in this like glass thing and you scoop the cocoa in. We didn't make it early enough. And uh, that was fine. I just made a joke that this is warm chocolate, not hot chocolate. You yeah. don't get hot, warm chocolate. <laughs> right. And it was eventually hot, right? But I realized, I was like, nobody's really taking from the hot chocolate bar. I was like, oh, duh, I should be handing out hot chocolates. Yeah, yeah. I should be giving them hot chocolates. Yeah, yeah. And so I went over and I scooped a bunch of warm chocolates and I handed them out and all of a sudden everyone had a warm chocolate. And I was like, oh, okay. So maybe not, maybe we have a little charcuterie board, but what we actually do is we pre-make plates and then we pre-make the hot chocolate and then we pre-make the doggies snacks, just like we did with the Yeah, do what you can, yeah, ahead of time. I would hand someone a hot chocolate. They'd be like, oh my gosh, wow, yeah. (laughs) They were like delighted. Yes, yes, I love it. Okay, Um, you and I could talk forever. I knew that about about it from the beginning when I met you, when I met you. We love, we both love like business as our hobby. So we love, (laughs) like her talk. I mean, you have a lot of other hobbies. We do, I do too, but I feel like we both enjoy the, the topic of business. Okay. So one of the things that you've been really great at is, um, thinking about your customer base as in um, taking that marketing perspective, right? Like that there's potential leads out there. You collect these leads. You have to be able to to get this customer information, then do something with this customer information and then actually get results from all of it. So I want to kind of walk down that funnel kind of up to today on this episode. So how has uh, collecting customer data really helped your business? And we talk about data, what kind of customer data do you collect? Yeah. So I'll start on the POS side if we have someone in person. So someone comes into the store in order to make a purchase. And uh, obviously we're not, you know, holding them hostage for all of the data if they don't want to give it, but we do encourage them. And we just go through the profile as if it's all totally normal, which it is. We're just giving mm-hmm. their full name. We're getting their uh, phone number and email. We're getting their address so we can assess if we have a very broad audience or if they're very like located in our area, densely populated in our area, which we actually get a lot of people from around uh, just due to the draw of the store and, and the birthday stuff. So we get the, yeah, the address. Then we get the dog's name and all of their pets, basically, dog or cat. We get all of their names and we get their birthdays. That allows us to basically target for, you know, birthday sprees and all that stuff. But the next thing that we're doing now is there's actually an ability to attach files. So what we're starting to look to do in quarter one of next year, which I know, you know, most people are like, what are you thinking about quarter one? Is it? But yeah, like we are, there's so much we can do, but we just don't have time to do all of it yet. So we're like batching it out is I'm going to start attaching files in the form of videos and pictures of their dog on their profile. So inside your point of sale system. Correct. Okay. For what purpose? What's, what's your goal there? Okay. So this is, this excites me because like, I think this is the coolest thing ever. Um, 
right now in our email newsletters, we do, you know, we have a brand book, so it's very easy for us to know what it should look like, but we actually incorporate the dogs who come into our store on our newsletter. So you never know if you're going to open up our email and it's going to be your dog, like, like over the, the new treat display, like being just a happy dog in, in our email newsletter. I also would love to send personalized celebrations of milestones. I would also love to just, you know, we've, we had a situation where uh, a customer, like a newer customer tragically lost um, their dog and we sent flowers, but like, I would have loved to be able to send something visual of their dog to commemorate mm-hmm. the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you're using this as more like you, let's say you're already somebody who's taking pictures in your store and putting it on your social media, but you want to connect the, you want to bridge the gap and actually assign it to their contact record and your point of sale system. So that when you need their photo specifically, you have something on file that's easy for you to access. Correct. And okay, this, cool. is, this, I like learned yesterday, which I'm too excited not to share. Okay. So like, we talked, you, you had on a guest that shared a lot about surprising and delighting your customers. Mm-hmm. He's a, a Disney guy. And one of the things that I think is a fun new opportunity, think about AI art or like having a company do this. Like if you have a picture of the dog and you can have them put the dog in like a seasonal calendar yeah. and just like pop the face in, in like these different ways. And you could send them a calendar of their own dog for like $30 of your own money. But now they have this calendar of the thing they love most in this world for 12 months. Like to me, that would be such an amazing gift. I, and, and just as a heads up, like there are no secrets, like I'm going to just give everything I can think of up because <laughs> it just doesn't, it's not important. It's, it's, it's more important that everybody improves the way they do business. Cause yeah. generally these smaller businesses are not as much in competition with each other as they think they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm just thinking of that type of application. Like if I have, 10 pictures of your dog because you visit once a month, I'm going to take that dog and put them into something personalized for you. Um, you know, and then like, like, you know, just like, just to have, just to have on, on file. It's, I think it's good to collect that information. Um, so we're, we're always looking for ways now, if a customer says something to like note it and be like, we have, we're going to create this new list. We talked about it last night of like, this customer said they like this thing. So one customer came in and they have a inscribed bandana. So I'm like, okay, one, they like bandanas. Two, they like the name inscribed. Like, how can we maybe incorporate that one day with another gift for them? Because they're mm-hmm. such a great customer. You know, they're such yeah. a great customer. They're, they're very supportive. And so a lot of point of sale systems can have a field for you to track notes, a little nuances like that to collect customer yeah. information. I mean, if we think about like, you know, sometimes what was a Bloomingdale's or like the big shopping stores that had person that have personal buyers, like mm-hmm. they collect this information. Or if you are a real estate agent, you know, all of the things about the families that you're selling these homes to, because you want to be the next person that they um, go to when they need to look for their next home or travel agents, right? Like they know all of your likes and interests so that they can cater to you um, to help you have the best experience as a customer of theirs. And so it sounds like you're going down that path as well of wanting to, maybe not for every customer, but for as many as you can, right? I would say this is, people will hear that and be like, oh my God, how do I don't have time for all these notes. Like take notes on your top 10%. Mm -hmm. Like that's what you should do that or or whatever the percentage is. Like if you just start at 1%, it's probably doable. Cause I would say if you have like whatever 1% of your top customer base is, how many people could that really be? Like I know for our store, that would be a handful of people. 
-hmm. How hard would it be to keep very like detailed notes on a handful of people so you can learn what they love and you can continue to provide a better and better, a better experience? Because at the end of the day, let's just pretend, even though you know this won't happen, let's pretend they don't spend any additional money at your store which you know won't happen because you know they're going to love it and they're going to want to get more stuff and they're going to want to get new recommendations and they're going to just want to come in and support yeah. you because they know you actually care because nobody who doesn't care does that. Right. <laughs> it's not going to happen. So they're going to rave to their friends yeah. and their friends are probably like them. And if their friends are like them, they probably love their dog and they're probably willing to spend a good chunk of money on their dog. And guess who is great at selling awesome stuff to their dog, <laughs> you. Yes. So it's, I think that is the big win is like, m make it something worth talking about. Okay. Awesome. That's all great stuff. So you're gathering this information and now you're using the information. Like you already talked about how you have pulled through and how you picked who was invited to your VIP list. Mm -hmm. Now you and I have talked about how you can segment different groups of your email list as well, like cat owners versus dog owners. And, and so you, you used your data in different ways. Has something surprised you at all as you've been digging into the data and think about how you're going to use it for your business? That's a great question. Um, I would say, oh, so I'll give you one specific example of like, it surprised me the other day is like how much people actually do want to support you. <laughs> like you'd be shocked. Like people do want to switch to buying food from you. They really do. Like they're, they're happy to do it. So I, I also run a gym and it's very difficult to get people to sign up at a gym. Like there's so many barriers, there's so much friction and it's not a one-time solution. It's like a lifetime, like you have to show up consistently. Mm -hmm. Now we all know that that's the best way to do it. It's the best way to do it is to be consistent and show up consistently and et cetera. Whereas with people and their dogs, and if you're, let's just say you're selling them products, it's one of those things that it's the warmest lead I've ever come across. <laughs> yeah, it's true. The barriers, yeah. all the walls come down. You just start having them show you pictures of their pet or exactly. start loving on their pet, you know. Exactly. And so I think of a lead as anyone that you can contact. So basically, if you can communicate with someone via in-person, phone, email, snail mail, it doesn't matter. They're a lead. Like they are a potential customer in your business. And I don't say that to start like not treating other people like normal human beings who you interact with. But if you can help them in some way, they're a lead for your business. And if you believe in your business and you believe in what you're selling, then you should want to help as many people as possible. And, you know, entrepreneurs are full of all these belief systems that need to get broken and insecurities. And I'm one of them. So I get it. And the point is to try and help people through that. But anyone you can contact is a lead. And so I'll call people I'll call people from myself as the gym owner and they'll be like, oh, there's so much going on. It's busy season. Oh, you know, I don't know. I, I have this one goal, but, and then I call them from Barkfield road and they're like, oh my God, hello. Yeah. I have 30 minutes to talk about Buster. Yeah. I'm here. I can chat all day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the, the point being is we treat everyone as a lead. We are trying to solve a, a problem that the pet is having. So we try to, whether it be improve their nutrition uh, improve their behavior through, you know, soothing anxiety or giving them more enrichment. Like we're, we're problem solving. And then we actually have a, a system in one of our team management softwares where we'll write down if we sample out a food to somebody, 
we write down their name. We write down who sampled the food. We write down when we sampled the food. We write down what they were eating prior. We write down what the problem was. And none of this is complicated. It's just having a conversation and then putting what you had onto paper, or in this case, digital. Mm-hmm. And then we have a system of just communicating with the person to see if our solution is working. And if our solution to their problem is working, so let's just say they get on a better kibble or they add a goat milk or they switch to raw or they add a probiotic or whatever it is, what's the likelihood that that person's going to continue with a solution that works pretty high? And then we basically convert them. We convert them to a customer for some type of new account. So if they're if they come in, they buy a bakery good or they buy one bag of treats and we never hear anything about the dog's food, they don't buy food from us, nothing. When we eventually get that conversation started and we sample something out or we just talk to them about a problem their dog's having, usually they bring it up, then we actually have a system in place for being like, oh, we have this person in this flow of conversation and we're going to just continue to talk to them about this exact thing, try different solutions on our own dime. So obviously reps will help you, but sometimes it's on our own dime uh, because it's paid itself back so tremendously. I mean, we've averaged over the past couple months, keep in mind, I'm trying to run two businesses and I, some days I, I just, you know, run through a wall, but and this morning I have you here on the podcast No, I, <laughs> during, I love a busy, it. during like the busiest season of the year for you. No, I, I love it. <laughs> this is a lot of fun and it helps me flush ideas yeah. out. Yeah. But so even with my limited capacity and we just hired another person to eventually help with this, but we still converted like five to seven people a month to like new food accounts. Like that's significant if you're a small business and there's more people that have like come in that we aren't, don't have in our system as like follow-up leads. So just Mm -hmm. leads who are warm, who come in and start buying from you for any other reason. But these are the people who probably never would have bought from us if we hadn't started the conversation and followed up with them. So I call them, it's Kevin from Barkfield Road, you know, how's Stella doing? Cause everyone's dog is named Stella, right? (laughs) Everyone's dog. Um, How's Stella doing? How's her day going? Like, cause I can cause we care about the dog. Like, yes, we care about the person, of course. But in reality, the dog is our customer. The person is just the, you know, they're coming in to actually supply the, or, or will f- like say, fulfill the desire just like a, they would for their own child or something like that. Um, so, you know, you have a good relationship with the person, of course, but you're, I do believe that your attention needs to be on the needs of the dog. Um, Because if you're not, then you're not being entirely honest to the person. You know, if you really believe that goat milk will help this dog, you need to recommend it, even if the person doesn't want to hear it. And and yeah, so I I just think that system has been really a really big driver of growth for us. So and that's the end of this funnel for you is actually getting results and making it work. So I know we have people who are shocked that you pick up the phone and call a customer lead who has been given a sample of food or maybe bought something else. Um, because a lot of people will feel like, Oh my gosh, I can't imagine. Like I, that feels like it might be invading their privacy or what would I say once I got them on the phone? Cause it's just not a strategy they've maybe tried before, but what you've done is then they might go, well, how would I have the person's phone number? But you've already started that process either at a previous purchase or at the time of purchase, or you've segued into letting them know you're going to follow up with this to see how well their dog likes it or not. You know, you've created this framework for your yourself and your team and your company so that it's easy for you guys to actually start to get results and convert these leads into more purchases in your company. So job well done. Very good. 
Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's important. You have to, and I will say that I'll be like, I'm going to give these to you today. I want you to just try them. I know you said you had a finicky cat. They didn't want to try new, new foods. Um, this is on me and I can't wait to hear how it goes. I'll follow up in like two days and I'll just see how it's going. How's that sound? And they're of course they're like, great. Okay, cool. And so when I call them, it's not a surprise. Whereas sometimes we just sample stuff out. I'm not even there and I'll call them and yes, they are surprised, but pleasantly. Mm-hmm. Like if you're calling from the dog store, like they're not upset. They're just yeah. not. like, yeah. I would be annoyed if I got a call from Petco. I'm not gonna lie. I'd be like, what, yeah. what do you, what, nobody's ever spoken to me. Who, who is this? Right, right. But they've had interactions with you face to face. And if you're calling genuinely to help, um, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with wanting to win someone's business. Like there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, just don't take it personally if they don't support you yet. Like maybe there's not a reason, maybe you don't carry the product, maybe there's some other convenience that they have somewhere else. Don't take it personally, but you have to try and you have to have that conversation and you have to work that nurture over anywhere from one call to like three years and beyond. Mm-hmm. Because you never know. And I learned this from the gym. I had someone follow our page for four years, never have a conversation with us. And then one day be like, I've been watching you for four years. I'm ready. And they sign <laughs> nice. so same, same thing yeah. with like, any other business, like there are leads out there who want to shop with you, but maybe just aren't ready yet, but you speed them up by reaching out. Yes. That is a perfect segue actually for us to talk about the pet boss mastermind. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Because you are a pet boss mastermind member, and this is a newer program for us at pet boss nation. We launched it in the summer. And now in the month of December, we are opening up applications to Um, more people, more business owners who are interested in joining a group like ours. And we have got people who listen to this podcast religiously, who either have just not made the decision to either join us in the club or are now maybe learning more about the mastermind and, and considering it. So I would love for you to share either why you joined the pet boss mastermind and also maybe what the benefit has been so far for you in it, whether it's the collaboration with the group or connecting with me for the one-on-one times, please share. Yeah. So the reason I joined is because I wanted a positive ROI. So I wanted to have a return on my investment into the mastermind by making more money in the business. And we've done that. So that's, that's the, the black and white reason of like, If you want to grow, if you want to, whether it be grow your gross revenue, your net revenue, your profit, your lower your expense, whatever it is, uh, find someone who's successfully done it and who successfully helped other people do it. Those are like two very clear indicators that you're going to spend your money well. So that was kind of what led me to do it because I know what you've accomplished and I know what you've helped other people do. Uh, people have shared that in in the pet boss groups and, you know, uh, in terms of their first 10K weekend or things like this, like like tangible, actual results from a strategy executed. And so far, I've gotten a lot of value from the group in terms of communication with everybody, but I've also gotten a ton of value on our short calls where we'll discuss during office hours. And I think what we've done well at Barfield is we have actually picked one thing to focus on and then we're you've been, we've been leveraging your time to help us execute above and beyond what we could have done on our own. So I'll come into one of our calls and be like, I'm so excited about this thing. And you're like, yeah, but hold on, wait about, what about this one thing that you haven't thought about? And I'm like, oh my God, that's, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. We need to adjust that. So in terms of the value, um, yeah, the, the ROI is much, much higher 
than you know than, than the price point, the point of entry. And that's any business's goal, right? It's to provide more value than the cost. So kudos to you guys for doing that. And then if you're listening, it's like you're you're in probably one of maybe two places. It's like, okay, you're growing and you're happy with the growth and everything's going pretty smoothly and you're not really, you don't really have any questions about anything you're executing on, you're doing well and you're just you're just happy and you're just listening to pick up maybe some tidbits and okay, like that's fine. And then the other one might be um, you're, you're stuck, right? Because if you're that first person, maybe you're just going to wait until you get to the bottleneck because if you're just never going to stop, then you just become Bezos and you won't need any mentorship, I guess, because <laughs> you just never stop growing. Then that's wonderful. Good for you. You could accelerate the growth maybe with some help. But let's just say that you're not really there and you're not growing at the speed you want and you are stressed in your business and you are and you have a ton of questions and you're not organized and you're not executing on your quarterly projects or your monthly or your weekly or your daily projects. Um, then I honestly want you to ask yourself, how can I afford not to do this? Because what I've been doing has not been working clearly, because if you don't have the result that you dreamed about, then it's not working. And likely you need to change something. You just keep changing the wrong thing and you're learning the wrong lesson. And so you just keep like going around in a circle and we all know what happens. If you even do survive five years, then you're, I think like almost equally as likely to fail in the next five um, or, you know, quote fail. But in reality, a lot of people will do that thing I said in the beginning where the narrative becomes uh, due to factors outside of our control, we can no longer continue to operate. And not to pick on that particular business that I'm discussing from before, but the point is, is like businesses always operate. So what changed? You know, did you did you get in a bad deal with your landlord? Because that's that's how you leverage a mastermind group. How do I structure a lease? Oh, 50 people in here have done it. Let me help yeah. you out. Yeah. You know, that I think is just to to help that person out. I think um you're either you're either going to take action or you're not but if you if you if you're not then you have to just stop being upset <laughs> like you, <laughs> why be upset and not take action like i don't get the the i don't get why you would do that to yourself because right. you're guaranteeing now that you're just like double miserable <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. So Kevin, you have just shared so many amazing things with our listeners today. And I do, I'd love, thank you so much for everything you just said about the mastermind. Uh, our listeners, if you want to learn more, you can visit petboss.com and you can get into all the details about how to join the mastermind. And honestly, if you want to actually spend time with Kevin in these zoom rooms or on circle, you know, and connected into our communities, then um, you should join us in the pet boss mastermind so that um, you can hear more from him. Cause I actually think I'm already thinking, I'm like, I want you to, I want you to teach this sales funnel of this food thing to our mastermind members. I'm going to ha have you uh, give a presentation on that at some point at our next half day intensive. <laughs> Absolutely, I'd be happy to. Awesome. Kevin, thank you so much. And as we wrap this episode up, I always love to ask our, uh, the people I'm interviewing, what does bossing your business mean to you? That's a good question. Um, when I my first instinct is really it comes down to leadership and really making sure that initially, for most people probably listening to, like your business is first an extension of yourself. Um, so if if you feel like if you're disorganized, if you're temperamental, if you're really stressed and and not really planning, like all of these things, like that are are struggles in your business are really struggles that you have, right? So. 
I think taking control and like I said in the beginning, taking control of that like narrative, that locus of control Mm -hmm. and like, okay, like I am like the business is chaotic and disorganized, which means that I am struggling with organization. How can I improve my organization? And the great part about asking that question is that there is an answer. Mm -hmm. There's probably like an organization coach that you can <laughs> there are like, learn yeah like, know, like exactly like you can learn any specific skill yeah. or like we said before if you're if you go into like pet boss or anything like that there's an industry specific set of skills yeah yeah so it's you're covering all of those under that umbrella of being like a a pet business and so when i think about like bossing your business it's really fully accepting that leadership role and lead yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Lead yourself first. Be, don't worry about the end result of, of, you know, let's just say you have a person in your mind who's a great leader and a great boss for their business. Don't think about becoming them. Try to incorporate all the actions that lead you to become that person. So it's, for me, the perspective is always about taking back control not about, oh, like I I want to be a healthy, confident individual. It's like, no, no, what do healthy, confident individuals do? And then do that because you can decide to do that. You can't decide to just be confident like to a degree, like, or you can't just decide you're healthy. Like, oh no, I'm I am healthy. I have <laughs> like it's like, no, you're you're like on a spectrum of how healthy you are, you know, and it's the goal is not to be like, oh, I must put my life's work into being a hundred on the spectrum of healthy. But the idea is that all of these are dimmers and you're just trying to turn the dimmer and you control turning the dimmer by the actions you choose to do. So I, I think when it comes to the very long answer to, to the question, but when it comes to bossing your business, I really do think it's is first like being a good leader for yourself so that you can be a good leader to others and, and you're someone worth following on the mission that you have. Yeah. Um, and whatever that means for you, just take ownership and control of that. Because when you do, you can start asking the right questions to actually get you moving in the direction you want to go um, and just watch things happen for you. Awesome. <laughs> yes, that's so fantastic, Kevin. Many, many words of wisdom. Like I said, we could probably go on and on and on and on and have and have many more podcast episodes going, but it is time to officially wrap it up here. And I just wanted to thank you again for being here and please tell Gabriella hello for me. <laughs> and that we're thinking of her and that congrats on her big VIP night last night too. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, Candice, for having me. And uh, yeah, I know Gabby would be happy to share all of her little tidbits of how she makes things magical. (laughs) Awesome. All right, cool. You have a great rest of your day into the listeners. Hopefully Kevin and I will see you over in the Pet Boss Mastermind. Bye, everybody. I have over two decades worth of experience as a small business owner, and I've helped thousands of pet professionals see success with the strategies and tips that we share. But I bet 100% that you have a question for me. You have a burning business question that you just wish I would record a podcast episode about. Well, now is your chance. We have a website that you can visit where you can submit a question for me that I might record an episode all about. So if you have that burning business question, 
Don't hide it any longer. Share it with me by visiting askpetboss.com. That's askpetboss.com. And tell me your question and it just may turn into a future podcast episode.